Welcome into another edition of the MLB Extras Mets podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Anthony DeComo. And Anthony, as we expected, DeGrom is your National League Cy Young Award winner. And it wasn't close. Maybe that was the one thing that was slightly surprising just because of DeGrom's record. And you think of the traditionalists and not liking a 10-9 and record. But at the end of the day, DeGrom gets 29 first-place votes. 207 is his total Max Scherzer, 123 in second with the other first place vote. Aaron Nola comes in third with 86. Um, I guess this the, the fact that it wasn't at all close, I think, speaks just that much more about the kind of season that Jacob deGrom had despite the win-loss record. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be close. I didn't think he would get 29 first place votes, but I didn't expect it to be particularly close. I, I think... You know, I said down the stretch that as the electorate for these things gets a little bit younger and a little bit more progressive, you're going to see more and more of this. And I actually think you're starting to see uh, with these BBWA elections a little bit more of almost the hive mind that we see with front offices and GMs and free agents in that teams are starting to value players very similarly. I I think you're seeing that a little bit with these awards, whereas maybe three or four years ago even – it would have been an even split between Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. Now you're going, everyone's voting for Jacob deGrom because nobody cares about wins. And yeah, I think, you know, we've seen in the past, whether it's uh, Felix Hernandez or Zach Greinke or some of these other guys who have won the Cy Young with low win totals, Jacob deGrom's the lowest ever. And I think this kind of confirms what we all already suspected, which is that the win is dead as an evaluation tool. I mean, it's totally dead. Nobody cares anymore. Uh, anyone who's evaluating Jacob deGrom on his 10 and nine record is seeing about half a percent of the picture of what he did this year. So if you look at pretty much any other metric of what's important, of what's valuable regarding pitching, uh, Jacob deGrom was at the top or, or very, very close to the top. So uh, it would have been a hard sell for you to make an argument to me that he wasn't the best pitcher. In the National League, um, I'm not sure there's an argument you could make. Actually, I'm certain there's not an argument you could make that I would agree with or that I would buy. Uh, and I, I think a lot of writers around baseball felt the same way. Yeah, and I was in the kind of the group heading down the stretch during the regular season. Though I kind of would have loved to see um, Tacoma. I mean. Uh, DeGrom just end up with a losing record or 500 record just to kind of nail the point home that little bit more now from a Mets standpoint as excited as you are to see uh, Jacob DeGrom win a Cy Young award if you're a Mets fan um, the fact that during the announcement there was kind of a shot taken at the Mets lineup and the lack of support um, that that wasn't great, probably, but it's part of the story, I guess, when you look at the wins and then the announcement was the writers giving DeGrom more support than the Mets did this season. I mean, obviously, that that's not great for, for Mets fans to hear or anything, but at the end of the day, a heck of a season for Jacob DeGrom. And that brings us to the future. How does Jacob DeGrom, what does he do next year to kind of, I guess, back this season up? Obviously, he would love to to have more wins, even though we're, we're killing that stat. He'd love for his team, I guess, to win more games in which he starts and win more games overall and be more of a winning baseball team next season. Is that all at this point when you've had the kind of season Jacob DeGrom just had, 
I would think the focus is, all right, I want to be on a good team. Well, look, Jacob DeGrom's going to tell you he wants to get better, too. Uh, now, that's probably impossible, and odds are he's going to have a worse season in, in 2019, and that's no disrespect to Jacob DeGrom. It's just an acknowledgement that what he did this past year was historic. Uh, one of six pitchers to finish with an ERA this low since, uh, I believe, 1969 when the mound was lowered. So to, to think of him replicating this is is probably not going to happen. But I think his goal really is, is uh, yes, to win more games, but I, but that's out of his control to, to a large extent. And I think if he, just like, uh, you know, if he has a similar season, then overall numbers will probably be worse. If he has a similar season, he's probably also going to wind up with more wins and, and maybe losses yeah. just based on the law of averages. It, it was so almost absurd what happened to him this year. But uh, I think... You know, the number one goal for him heading into 2019, and this sounds simple and this sounds, uh, you know, very, very almost cliche, but stay healthy. If he stays healthy with the ability level that he has right now in the prime of his career and the adjustments that he made to kind of ascend from a very, very, very good pitcher into one of, if not the best pitchers in baseball, you know, that's still going to be there next year. As long as he stays healthy and he had a couple of minor things this year, in spring training, he was supposed to start opening day, if you remember, but they had to push that back because of some minor soreness uh, in his back. Uh, you know, He had that hyperextension in his elbow that wound up costing him a start and came back. And really around mid-May, it seemed like his season was almost in disarray a little bit, despite the fact that he was doing well. And then from that point forward, he started every fifth game and, and was unbelievable. So uh, I think he would like to be just that little bit healthier, whereas maybe he's finishing the year with 230 innings, something he's never done before. And if he does that, if he can make every start, uh, there's no reason to believe why the performance won't continue to be there. So the the focus now, I think, um, also becomes, um, if you're looking at this organization, is is what is the long-term future with the Mets and Jacob deGrom? He did come out uh, recently and say that he'd be open to an extension. Obviously, he has a relationship with the new general manager. He joked a little bit about that as well. He said he's open to an extension if it's the right deal, which is obviously what any player would say. Um, do you think there's some, some truth in there, Anthony, that it is possible the Mets could uh, re-up to Grom before he reaches free agency? Yeah, I think it's certainly possible. I think it's certainly something they will explore this offseason. Brody Van Wagenen has already kind of indicated that they will, which frankly is more than the old regime ever did. They never even went down that road. They never even uh, tried to talk numbers. So uh, does that mean something will get done? No, not necessarily. Um, but I do think there's at least some mutual interest. Uh, you know, I, I think... The fallacy is that, you know, just because Jacob deGrom wants to be a Met, and, and I genuinely believe him when he says, I, I enjoy my time in New York, I want to be here. Uh, I genuinely believe all of that. But just because he wants to be a Met and just because the Mets would like him to stay here doesn't mean something's going to happen. And Jacob deGrom has positioned himself now where he's got two years until free agency. He is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He knows that as long as he stays healthy in 2019 – in 2020, he's going to get paid somewhere. And, and frankly, he doesn't have a ton of incentive to take some sort of hometown discount or anything like that. He, he, he probably would have done that a year ago. He probably would have done that two years ago. Right now, uh, I don't see him, you know, maybe a small discount hometown to stay around, get some stability, 
not have to worry about those arbitration years. But in terms of, you know, taking tens of millions of dollars off a potential deal, he, he's not going to do that. He doesn't have incentive to do it. It doesn't make him a bad person or a bad guy. No one would do that. So, yes, they will talk. But for it to get done, the Mets are probably going to have to pay him something close to market value. And, and that's the type of deal they have been hesitant to do with anyone, uh, to do with any free agent, really. Uh, they did it with Ioannis Cespedes. That was kind of a unique case in that you know he, he fell in their laps to a certain extent. They didn't want to resign him the first time, and then they ultimately did for one year and then wound up liking him enough that they locked him up for another four. And they did it with David Wright, who was an absolute exception in any, any, you know, anything you could put out there because of who he is. He's David Wright. So to think they would go down that road with Jacob deGrom, I'm not saying they wouldn't, but I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think it's an automatic. All they can do is open that dialogue, open that conversation, and see where it leads. Because if they sign Jacob deGrom to a long-term contract, it would be a massively popular move for a massively popular player. And neither the David Wright deal or the Ona Cespedes deal have really worked out splendidly at this point. Obviously, Cespedes still some time to go. Um, this probably not the best offseason to sign DeGrom to an extension, coming off a historically good season. Um, if you're going to sign a guy, that's that's not the ideal time when his value is at, is at an all-time high. All right, some other little notes about the Mets. Um, J.P. Ricciardi has been with the team for a long time, parting ways. Not really a surprise here, Anthony. I guess we're still waiting to hear, though, about uh, John Rico uh, and that situation. But you would, I guess, when you have a new GM and he's coming in, he wants to surround himself with his own people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, this was kind of becoming a, a crowded front office in the extent that you had John Rico, you know, who has been a longtime assistant GM here, JP Ricciardi, who is here since Sandy Alderson's first days, uh, Omar Minaya, who, you know, also a, a multi-time GM who came back a couple of years ago to help out here. So you had a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, it makes sense that at least one of them in JP Ricciardi would be interested in pursuing other opportunities and maybe going where uh, he could have a little more influence with the GM. So we'll see. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this front office shakes out who Brody Van Wagenen hires because there will be hires, uh, you know, in baseball operations and more specifically in analytics and other departments. And where do those people come from? Do they come from CAA? Do they come from elsewhere around baseball? Maybe executives whom he had a good relationship with. Uh, we'll see. J.P. Ricciardi leaving, I, I think, was kind of uh, the first thing. And that's not to say that other people will leave. Uh, it's certainly possible John Rico stays. Omar Minaya has already said that he's staying. Uh, but there's going to be more changes to this front office. And what happens over this winter with regards to that will kind of shape the way this thing looks for at least the next few years. The Arizona Fall League finishing up this week. Uh, and Peter Alonso just continues to do what he's done. He actually hit a little bit of a slump in the middle of the Fall League. Guys tend to do that because it's so much baseball by the time you're getting to mid-November. But he is currently leading the Fall League in home runs with six. There's one day to go, and I don't think he's going to be in the lineup, so he's going to cross his fingers to hold on to lead. But four for five, six RBI game on Wednesday night. Uh, and our own Jim Callis caught up with Peter Alonzo after that game. Let's listen to that a little bit, Anthony. You won the minor league home run title. We're tied for the minor league home run title. And tonight you hit your sixth home run. You're tied for the AFL lead. Are you uh, 
keeping like half an eye on the home run leaderboard down here, were you aware that you were one behind Davidson? Yeah, well, Bra I, I wasn't, but Braxton told me he, uh, when I was over there at first, he said he hit his 6-1 yesterday. It was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, and so me and him are tied, so I hope he, I mean, I like him, but I hope he doesn't hit <laughs> one tomorrow. So how much would it mean to win the home run title down here after winning it during the minor league season? That'd be sick. I mean, that'd be, I mean, that, that's a great honor and a lot of talented players here. And I'm, I'm, if, if I can do that, that'd be, that'd be great. That one felt good. I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I got some good pitches to hit. Um, I did a pretty good job not chasing. So I'm just happy I, I had a good, really good game. Based on uh, you know going through this, I mean, how what do you thought of the Arizona Fall League experience? Now it's just about over. I mean, this is a really fun league. I mean, this is awesome because I mean, I get to see guys from high school, college, and all walks all walks of uh, life of pro ball. So I mean, it's it's really good because it's like a reunion. You get to see some of your buddies, and and the talent's been great. I mean, this is the, the top guys in all of minor league baseball. So it's been it's been great competing and, and, and playing against them. So Anthony Alonzo talked about the great experience of the Fall League. Obviously, um, it's a great experience when you're continuing to, to hit home runs. But every challenge that's been placed in front of this guy, he just continues to succeed at this point. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like we've, we've talked about this so much. It's, I don't know if he's going to succeed in the big leagues. Uh, I'm sure he that's the big question. I don't know if he's going to be a star in the big leagues. I don't know if he's going to hit 30, 40 home runs in the big leagues. But I do know this, he has done absolutely everything he can possibly do in every level of the minor leagues. So to deny him a chance to do so in the majors at this point is, is almost malpractice. The, the Mets need to give him a shot and see if it works out, see if he's the guy, because you're gaining pretty much nothing by sticking, sticking him back at AAA for a couple of months. Uh, they need to put him in the big leagues, see if he can sink or swim. Because like I said, he is is done well more than swim in the minors. One more note. Um, you are the new president of the New York chapter of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Um, congratulations, I guess, first of all. And that means you get to get up at the podium and, and do a lot of speaking, right, at the big dinner that's coming up. Thank you. Yeah, it should be a fun time. Uh, I do get to do a lot of public speaking, which I'm sure would have horrified me as a, as a child. But uh, it's... Yeah, for the for those who are unaware, the the New York chapter dinner every January this year it's January twenty sixth, and it's uh, it's such a great event because not only do we, do we give out chapter awards, but it's where the national MVP, Cy Young, uh, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, get their awards. So it's a very cool event, star studded with a lot of uh, the biggest names in baseball. And in addition to that, you know, it's going to have a big Mets flair this year with. Jacob DeGrom winning the Cy Young and also David Wright getting an award. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, Sandy Alderson getting an award. Brody Van Wagenen and Mickey Calloway will be there. So it's a really cool event and um, it should be a lot of fun this year. Hopefully I don't uh, you know, throw up up there on the, on the day as I'm giving them out. I'm sure you'll do a tremendous job and it's always a great event. We'll have all the highlights, of course, on MLB.com from the event too for people who can't actually make it uh, to the New York chapter dinner. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Extras Mets podcast. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in.